Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. Well, as a baby boomer myself, I'm a little younger than a baby boomer, but kind of in between the millennials, and I've got teenage kids, and you wonder, because back in the day, we didn't necessarily, we had headphones, I'm wearing headphones now, but we didn't always have them directly in our ear, we played in a big boom box, but our millennials today, with those earbuds that are always in their ears, whether it's for music, or YouTube videos, whatever it is that's always in their ears, is this contributing? to an increase in hearing loss among younger age people. We typically think of it as something that affects the aging population. My guest today is Dr. Thomas Powers. He's the senior consultant for Savantos and an audiology expert consultant for the Better Hearing Institute. Welcome to the show. Dr. Powers, are you seeing more younger people losing their hearing or starting to lose their hearing now? Well, I think we're beginning to see uh, the beginnings of it. Uh, you know, hearing loss, uh, takes quite a bit of time for it to develop, especially as it relates to uh, a noise exposure. And um, this recent, within the last five or ten years, I'll call it an explosion of of people walking around with with earphones and earbuds in their ears. Um, You know, it's hard to tell. I mean, the industrial-type noises that we saw from years ago with people working in factories, I mean, that accumulated over 10, 15, 20 years. And and then we began to see those signs in, in folks as they're older. So it's a little bit too, too early to, to give definite information, but we are starting to see uh, some instance of, of folks in their 20s and 30s who have been wearing that um, a, a bit loud, I'll call it, um, and, um, and then showing some signs of, of early hearing loss. Well, if they were listening to rock and roll, they wouldn't have a problem. But it's all this other kind of music, the hip-hop, and, you know, it's the music. That's really what it is. But so what what do we tell them? Because they're not going to listen to us anyway. But what can we tell them are some red flags that they might start to notice that they are having their hearing affected by all of this? Well, uh, one of the first things is is that if you uh, take your earbuds uh, or earphones, whatever we want to call them, I guess we'll just say earbuds, you take, when you take them off, if you notice that you're either having a, a, a dulled sense of hearing or some ringing in your ears or uh, your colleagues are saying uh, you didn't respond when I called your name, um, you're probably having what we refer to as a temporary threshold shift or your hearing got just a little bit worse from, from all that loud noise. That usually recovers in, in several hours to a day, but that repeated exposure, repeated exposure, eventually that temporary shift becomes permanent, and then now you have a, you know, a mild hearing loss. So I think what we should tell them is that if you, if you notice that, or um, if all your friends are saying they can hear you music, even though you've got earbuds in your ears, it's probably too loud. So when we're talking about hearing loss, do you think that there's a stigma, Dr. Powers? Because if somebody's blind, nobody's going to get frustrated with them. Why can't you see? You know, yeah. but this is something I've noticed with people that have hearing impaired issues or hearing loss, where people get frustrated and they say, why can't you hear me? Or I'm speaking loud and slow. And there seems to be a stigma. And yet people with hearing impairment lose so much of life. Yeah, it, it's really unfortunate because, as you mentioned, you know, with vision, uh, whether it was when 
you know, I, when I was younger, people were younger, and it was four eyes with glasses. Um, you know, that whole stigma of vision and, and glasses and stuff, I mean, that's become almost fashionable now with, with eyeglasses. Unfortunately, hearing aids uh, has not, and, I, and I'm not quite sure why. I mean, because, you know, we do have a, an appliance, if you want to call it, you know, hearing aids versus, versus eyeglasses, uh, that you can certainly get some, some relief from, from it. Uh, but it just seems to be that hearing loss, um, people just don't want to take action. I think it's something that uh, we hear all the time. It's it's everybody else who mumbles. It's not me. Um, and I, I think this, this stigma is, is part of the reason why people wait so long uh, to find help. Uh, people do, as you mentioned, slow down, uh, talk louder, uh, get in front of them, make sure they're doing face-to-face as opposed to maybe being to the side and back. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of compensation that happens. People read lips. Um, so it's easy to get by. Um, you know, if you can't see, people notice you squinting. But if you aren't hearing, you can't squint, squint your ears. It doesn't, it doesn't work. No, it definitely doesn't. And what's going on in the world of hearing aids? They used to be huge with a little box that sat on your chest, and then they got littler. Now you can't even see some of them, but the batteries are also for the aging population, those tiny batteries, I know, because I've put in a bunch for many of my clients and patients over the years, but those batteries are tiny. So what's going on with hearing aids today? Well, I think one of the um, big leaps that have been made in the past uh, few years is is the move toward rechargeable um, uh, batteries or that power supply, if you will, for, for hearing aids. Um, you know, the batteries are small, and, and, I mean, they do range. There's three or four different sizes, but even even the largest of them is, is pretty small. It's, um, you know, about the size of an M&M. That's, that's the, the biggest, and it's not even quite that big. But I think we're seeing um, the introduction of both rechargeable batteries that, that are taken out of the hearing aid and put into a, a charging device, or uh, we now have the introduction, <coughs> excuse me, within the last year of lithium-ion uh, batteries where it's a sealed um, compartment within the hearing aid and you simply slip it into a charger. Now, these are very different than the lithium-ion batteries that we had issues with with, with some cell phones. Uh, they're much smaller and, and uh, don't generate the kind of, of power that, that they do in, in cell phones, so people shouldn't be concerned about that technology in hearing aids. But it's, it's the next move, really. Uh, we recharge everything today. We recharge our phones, our laptops, our, our iPods, our Fitbits, uh, you name it, everything is rechargeable. And so I think this is one step that we can do to make it easier um, for, for patients changing batteries, as you said, it, it can become very cumbersome. You drop one of those in a, in a carpet and it's gone. Um, you just, it's hard to find, even if yeah. you have pretty good vision. So, um, so I think that's a, a big, a big uh, step forward in addition to, of course, the, the technology from a, a signal processing standpoint. So do hearing aids, are they covered by insurance or Medicare, and are they very expensive if you have to pay for them out of pocket? Uh, currently, uh, Medicare does not um, and, and never has. It was one of the few uh, things that was excluded way, way, way back when, when Medicare was, uh, you know, put in place. Um, and it's a long history of why that is, and we don't have enough time to go into it today. But, but hearing aids are not covered by Medicare. We do see more and more insurance, uh, private insurance uh, carriers, uh, beginning to provide some help or, or full coverage for hearing aids, but it's it's not... Uh, routine. So uh, many people are uh, making these purchases, uh, you know, on their own as a private pay or maybe with their, you know, health um, 
savings plans and so forth, all the things that are out there today. Um, the average cost, uh, based on lots of different surveys, can range from eight to twelve hundred dollars for a, a device to you know twenty five hundred. That typically includes a lot of professional services that come along uh, with you know the fitting and, and follow up of the device, so the initial testing, some of the counseling, how to use it, care and feeding, follow up, etc. So. There's there's a wide range and it depends on your your lifestyle. I mean, if you're very active and you're in a lot of you know a lot of different kinds of environments, uh, you might have a need for a higher level of technology. If you're maybe not as socially active and and uh, maybe around the house more, then it might be a, a little bit different. But it really depends a little bit on the, the hearing loss, but more importantly on on the need for for that technology. Is hearing loss. Uh, like just a natural part of aging or does not everybody, I mean, my dad is 93 and he doesn't have a hearing aid and he doesn't seem to have too many issues with it, but he still works full time and he's a busy guy. But, you know, is this a natural part of aging for many, many people? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the the folks, uh, you know, over 65 are, are certainly have the highest percentage, if you will. I mean, we estimate about 35% of the people over 65 have some degree of hearing loss that, that should be uh, treated in some way. I mean, uh, a small part of that, part of that might be, uh, you know, medical. Maybe their ears have wax in it or something that prevents it, but the vast majority could be helped with, with hearing aids. Uh, but it is a part of that process, and, and, you know, some people just have not had a lot of exposure to industrial noise if they worked in, in quiet environments and maybe they also weren't in the military, um, you know, and, and weren't around a lot of loud noises, uh, don't do a lot of chainsaws, you know, all kinds, riding your lawnmowers. I mean, all those things add up in terms of hearing loss. So if you, you know, didn't have a lot of noise exposure and also your genetics are such that your hearing loss is not significant, you can reach your 80s and 90s and, uh, and not have a you know a real significant loss. Uh, you know, my dad's also up there. He's going to be ninety four this year, and um, you know he's he's developed a, a hearing loss later, but um, you know not till he was well into his eighties. So, I mean, for some folks, it's it's a little bit later, and others, you know, it could start at forty or fifty. So, what do you want to tell the listeners about maybe possibly preventing or delaying and getting their hearing checked? We hear we should get eye checks. We have to go for our physicals. Women are mammograms and pap smears and things. How often should we be getting our hearing checked? Well, I think, you know, it usually starts with the first uh, indication. And, and usually it's a family member or, or someone who says, hey, I noticed you're not, you know, you're not hearing as well or you know, why haven't you come to these social gatherings uh, lately? You used to come to the dinners on Sunday or whatever. Um, and, and you begin to see some, some social, you know, isolation because they don't, you know, understand well in those situations, especially when there's background noise. Um, so I think, you know, when, when you begin to, to notice yourself or when family members are telling you, it's probably a time to consult either your, you know, your personal physician or healthcare professional, an audiologist, and uh, and have a hearing test. It's it's pretty painless. I mean, we put on the headphones that uh, you, you know, similar to the ones you're wearing, but there's headphones, and you know, it's maybe a twenty or thirty minute process, and then you get a a pretty good idea of of whether or not a you have a hearing loss, and then what the degree of that loss is. For many people, it's you know maybe a mild hearing loss, uh, mostly in the high frequencies, which you know tends to uh, manifest itself, and again, not understanding speech very well. 
Um, and then, you know, let's assume your hearing checks out okay, then, you know, we would recommend if you're in your 40s or 50s, maybe every three to five years, you, you know, you should probably have your, your hearing checked once you reach, you know, 50 or so. It's probably not a bad idea to, to maybe annually or every other year um, to talk with your physician if you go in for your regular physicals, as you say, and um, and have them or, or someone check your hearing and make sure that it's not progressing or that something something's going on. I mean, there are certain a lot of medical conditions and um, you know, we want to make sure we catch those first, but if it's just the, and I'll use this in quotes, the normal aging process, um, then, you know, that's something you just want to keep, uh, keep tabs on. And, and when it reaches the point where it interferes with communication, then you want to take some kind of action and decide what your, what your options are, whether that's, you know, hearing aids or, or maybe some other form of treatment. So Dr. Powers, best advice on hearing loss prevention and where they can get more information. Well, uh, you know, we've, have a, a site at Better the Better Hearing Institute. I mean, this was created about 30 years ago to help individuals with hearing loss and and to allow people to learn more about it and, and how to treat it. Uh, it's out on the web at www.betterhearing.org. There's a lot of great information out there. There is also an online um, hearing check. It's not a, a test per se, but a checklist of you know things and environments that you may be having difficulty with. And at the end of that checklist, it'll give you an idea about whether or not uh, you should probably seek a, a more formal evaluation with an audiologist or with your physician. So betterhearing.org, where they can get a lot more information and, uh, and certainly uh, take their, their online check and, and see, uh, see where they are. And turn the music down a little. Get the earbuds out of your ears for a few minutes every day. And, absolutely. You know, yeah, listen yeah, to music the old-fashioned way on a big old boom box or something with a speaker and, you know, some nice smooth jazz doesn't seem to hurt our ears that much, right? So That's right, <laughs> can, that's right. Well, you know, there was a big campaign by, by one of the audiology associations uh, a few years ago, and it was referred to as Turn It to the Left, and you can imagine that is to turn the volume down. Um, so the American Academy of Audiology also had a a uh, pretty good campaign called Turn It to the Left, and I think there was even a rap, uh, some kind of a rap or a song that was created around it. But, but that also is good advice. Is if you want to wear those, that's okay, but, but turn it to the left and, and just keep the volume at a, at a reasonable level. Boy, I can't wait to show that to my 16-year-old son yeah. and tell him what you're saying. But it is really great information and so important. And thanks, Dr. Powers, for being with us today. You're listening to Life's Too Short right here on Radio MD. And remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review. That way, like-minded people can get involved and we can all learn from these great experts together. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well.